In just a few short moments that we have here left, I want to introduce this series and to offer some directives for where we are going. If you are watching by WSFA right now, I'll remind you that you can find us on Facebook Live or on the website or YouTube in case it cuts off here in just a few moments, but we'll be very brief. Because healing and hospitality are, are two really important words in the Christian faith and scripture. And I hope that you ask yourselves at some point already, what in the world does Genesis have to do with healing and hospitality? And here's why we have started off with these things, first things first. Because before any animal or any person, any tree, any fish, any amount of water, darkness, or light, anything that was before it was even in rational form, there was darkness, and there was chaos, there was nothingness, there was a formlessness. And I've often even wondered how the sound of chaos was before God intervened. So what we hear in these texts are that there was a time when darkness, silence, nothingness, formlessness, and chaos were. But then God acted. According to Genesis 1, God spoke. According to Genesis 2, God breathed. Through speaking and through breathing, God created. And when God speaks, everything changes. The baseline for your theology and mine should be that no matter what else, there is God. That in the beginning, before the beginning, whatever the beginning was, there was God in the beginning. And so in the darkness, God was there. In the silence, God. In the nothingness, God was there too. In the chaos, God was there. In the formlessness, God was there, bringing order to all of that. And I think what is true of every human being is that we find ourselves in these moments, these Genesis kind of moments of darkness and silence and nothingness and formlessness and chaos and noise. Genesis teaches us that God brought order out of all the chaos. And I just wonder if we have enough faith to believe that God can continue to bring order from chaos. In moments like these that we're facing in our country and around the world, I, I oftentimes go back and read Genesis, reread Genesis, because so much of our theology is founded in the words that, that you just heard. It's God's imagination. It's God's artistry, God's power, transcendence. But the first two-thirds of, of what you heard read are in some ways antecedent to God's purpose for all of creation, that God created the heavens and the earth and all of nature and all the critters creepy crawling around as a sign, as an act of radical hospitality to give to humans, to say, I've, I've done all of this for you and I will be here with you. And this is what abundant life and holistic life are all about. We, all, we see in, in this Genesis text how God has always been for us and with us. Normally we associate those two theological claims to Christmas and Easter, that, that at Christmas God became one of us, God is with us, and at Easter God is for us on the cross. But 
What Jesus showed us in person in his life here, 33 years on earth, is what had been happening with God and people all, all along. That God has always been with us and for us. And I know, as you do, that this week has, has been one that will be told indefinitely in all of our history books. How the deaths of African Americans for many generations have come to a head and how George Floyd's death caught on film was the final straw. It has been a week. And I just wonder how it will all play out. I really do. I wonder what the church will do with this opportunity with which it has been gifted. Will we step up? Will we be an intersection for peace, for hope, and for healing and for hospitality? I suppose time will tell if there will be reform or legislation or cultural shifts from individualism back to community life. I do give thanks that Montgomery, Alabama, has really stepped up this week and modeled for how the world can conduct peaceful demonstrations without violence and rioting and looting. So I pray that with everything that I have, that our city will continue to do that, to be a model for this country and this world. I was reflecting back on some events that seemed like they were 10 years ago, you know, the Australian fires and earthquakes and the death of Kobe and Brexit, but they were really just a few weeks ago, right? Now, between a global pandemic and I don't know where the murder hornets went, they better be on somebody's radar, but with continued instabilities and millions of people still out of work and political wars and, and this past week, the untimely deaths of Walton Skelly and Roger Duggar, I found myself asking why. And then I turned on the weather channel. It was hurricane season Monday, and now we have a named storm, Cristobal, heading this way. Now, you can't make this up. Cristobal, this storm coming at us means ones who's, who's close to Christ's heart. You can't make that up, right? Come on. Our world, friends, it needs to heal. Our country needs to heal. I need to heal. You need to heal. And Genesis has something profound to teach us about healing and hospitality. In my estimation, we need to take the wide-angle approach to what biblical healing, theological healing means, because a person can be healed and, and not cured, as we associate healing with bodily, physically, physical curing. A person can be healed and not cured, and cured and not healed. I know some people who have been cured of, of cancer, but they are still so fragmented emotionally, relationally, and so many other ways. They need to find healing. I also know uh, a lot of people who have lived and died with incurable diseases, but who were the most healed and whole human beings I've ever met in my life. And so I believe the genesis of healing, it happens when we lean in to what God is doing with us and for us. And when we pray for opportunities to hear where God is continuing to speak among all of the chaos and the formlessness and the nothingness and the silence. Keep in mind that our scripture does not say that in the beginning God created, some Bible translated that way, and it, like it started and then it was over. I hope you heard uh, Dr. Borders read the better interpretation, in the beginning when God began to create. That reminds us that God is 
continuing to create, to bring order out of chaos. And I don't know how much more chaos 2020 will throw at us, but I do know that God is continuing to speak and that we as the church have this wonderfully glorious opportunity to partner with God, to speak order and hope and peace into all these chaotic and disruptive, violent elements of our society. One of the last things I want to leave you with today is something I've said already. As we think about healing being a wide-angle approach, hospitality is is very similar. It it has a lot to do with welcoming people and um, food, right, and opening up our homes. There will be food. That's what it means to be Methodist. But hospitality in the New Testament is a different word. It's a much more complex word. Philiozenia, it means philios, love, brotherly, kindred love, and xenia means stranger. The New Testament writers use the word love of the stranger to describe hospitality. Now, the stranger may be somebody seated next to you in worship or a greeter who's greeted you all your life, but you don't know their name. Maybe somebody in your cubicle or somebody you pass in the hallway or somebody you pass at at the grocery store. That may be uh, how you extend hospitality. But what if, for a moment, if we decided that we were going to take a large, God-sized Genesis step forward and allow healing to begin with hospitality as we love those who are different from us, politically, ideologically, who are in different places emotionally, cross-generationally, whatever, whatever it is. So for a few weeks, I want us to meditate on healing and hospitality. How do you need to find God's healing? How do we need to take a step forward to be agents of change as it pertains to hospitality? I don't know what this coming week will hold. The past two have been filled with enough events for several years, but what I do know is that God is at work, that grace abounds. Kate reminded us of that today, that no matter what else is shaking and rattling and rolling in this world, that God's grace continues to work in human lives, and it is very good. So we're going to discover what it means to be invited to something bigger than oneself, We're going to discover the power in calling and knowing someone by name. We're going to think about what it means when grace makes space and when uh, we break bread together, how that provides healing and how through Christ we have a new identity where one never existed. A good friend of mine told me uh, just late last night that in moments like these it's important to go back and read Uh, the gospel second only to the Bible, that is, to kill a mockingbird in light of all the chaos around us. There's this dialogue between Scout and Atticus at one point where Scout says, Atticus, you must be wrong. Oh, how's that? Well, most folks seem to think they're right and you're wrong. They're certainly entitled to think that and they're entitled to full respect for their opinions, said Atticus. But before I can live with other folks... I've got to live with myself. The one thing that doesn't abide by majority rule is a person's conscience. Now, I share that because I intend to lead by example. And I intend to find ways to be one with Christ, 
one with each other and one in ministry to all the world, but also to find healing and wholeness in my own life. And I hope that you will take time to do the same. Because what I've learned about Genesis, what I've learned about the Bible, what I've learned about my conscience and about my actions and about my inaction and about my voice and about my silence is that everything I do and don't do impacts somebody else. It's not about Jay. It's about the family of God and the peaceable kingdom toward which we are all striving. We're going to get through this. We will get through it together. And in a few weeks, more and more people will begin to gather here. And there will be tears. Because God is not finished with us yet. And we have the opportunity to help one another and our community heal. To my brothers and sisters this morning who are viewing near and far, who do not have a church family, and I know there's some out there, we're here for you, and we will be your church family. We, we want to be a hospital. See, that's the root word of hospitality. We want to be a place where people are rehabbed and triaged and reformed and redeemed and even come for wellness checks. First United Methodist Church is a hospital where healing begins, and that's where you belong. And there is room for he you here, whether you live in Montgomery or whether you're on the other side of the world right now, you can become a part of our remote community of faith. There will be a table set soon, and there will be room for everyone. We're going to leave you a place. There's always room for one more here with us. Until that time, my prayer continues, as you heard on Friday. Let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. Let it begin with us. Let it begin right here and right now. Amen.